Welcome to Ravelry Radio on this Saturday evening. We're going to talk about some college football. Obviously, a whole lot to cover when it comes to the Michigan Wolverines. 62. Let me uh, take a breath before I say this again. 62-39 defeat to the Ohio State Buckeyes. Am I shocked Ohio State won? No. Am I shocked with the score? Uh, Absolutely. I I don't think anybody would have predicted uh, an outcome like that, a score like that. But uh, we got a lot to cover on that, and we'll also talk a little bit about Michigan State. I'm going to get right to Michigan first. And I've got a major opinion on the whole uh, program, the whole... uh, way it's ran, and I can tell you this, Jim Harbaugh's done a pretty good job, and I think what's missing is people don't realize how bad they were. I I wrote about this a few weeks ago where I said, you know, this thing could get even worse, you know, you, you let Harbaugh go, and you're going back to where it was under Brady Hoke. You're rebuilding again. This thing is not a rebuilding process every year under Jim Harbaugh. This is a process where we got to find a way to beat that team. we we got to find a way to take that next step and, and beat Ohio State, win the division, and, and try to get to the college football playoff. I'm, I'm telling you right now, of all these teams – in the country that are playing in all these conferences, if you told them that, hey, three out of four years you're winning ten games and you're right there, you're right there coming up to that last game and you you just got to win it, would you take it? They'd all say yes. They'd all say yes. Now, would they say, hey, you're going to lose all four, (laughs) you're going to lose all four games, you know, but that's how it's going to be for a while. I, I don't think anyone would agree with that, obviously. But at the same time, you're, they're putting themselves in a position to take that next step. They're just not taking it. Um, it's really frustrating, but it's also proof that Ohio State is just very much so built to beat Michigan. And, and, and I say that because the way they play. They have a style that just really affects Michigan. Not only are they strong, they're fast. And they just seem to continue to make big play after big play against Michigan. And I think it's coming down to recruiting. And Jim Harbaugh's done a great job of recruiting. I mean, he's gotten really good players they have to get explosive players, and if they have them, they got to find a way to use them more because I don't know if they have them because they don't show it enough. Um, physical brand of football, it's great. Yes, it wears certain teams down. It's not going to wear Ohio State down. They're too fast. They can stop the run. And the way you run your offense, they are geared to stop it. If you watched Ohio State all year, honestly, they had a hard time with spread. 
teams that ran the spread and spread them out and, and, and gashed them up the middle when it was spread out, they had a hard time with it. And look, Michigan had some good moments on offense, but they were just, it wasn't enough. And it wasn't a big play that went for 75 yards for a touchdown like Ohio State had all game long. And, and you got to have that in this college football, in this day and age of football, period. If, if you watch the NFL, watch that Monday night game, 54-51, I mean, what the heck? When, when did that happen? You know, when, when did the NFL change, right? You got to get up to date. You got to get up to date and you got to realize what this thing is now in football. It's scoring. Look, the defensive players are already at a limitation. You can't tackle with your helmet. There's rules geared to help the offensive player. It's a different game. Mr. Harbaugh, it's just not your football you're used to. Even when you coached in the NFL some years ago, it's different now. Football's different. You got to score points. You got to score points. You got to have explosive plays. You got to have a run option quarterback. And look, I love Shea Patterson. Guess what? He ain't fast enough to beat Ohio State. He's just not. Joe Milton, I'm telling you right now, I'm calling it right now. And look, I'm not going to sit here and knock the Michigan football team. They still went 10 and 2. But if you want to take that next step, if you want to, you got to find a guy at quarterback. Quarterback wasn't the reason they lost it. That's not what I'm saying. But you have got to find a way to have a guy who throughout the course of the season can not only sit in the pocket and throw the ball like Joe Milton can. He's outstanding. But he can run. He's big. And, boy, I'll tell you, Ohio State had a game plan today, and their athletes showed out. And they were put in positions to be successful. And when they were put in those spots and their number was called, they made it happen. And I'm telling you, you know, you look, you watch the game on Michigan's end. The two passes to Nico Collins, I, why didn't that happen more? You know, do, do they have to throw it in the end zone to him? Like, why can't that happen throughout the course of the game? Hey, look, he, he's got an advantage, a size advantage, obviously. The corner has a hard time jumping with him. Get it up there and throw it to him. I mean, there was pass interference calls left and right, but how many times did they really throw it up there for Nico Collins? I mean, didn't give him a big chance to make plays. thought Donovan Peoples-Jones was not used again. I've been saying this all year on the Michigan end. They just don't seem to to use Donovan Peoples-Jones correctly. I mean, he's a great threat in, in open space. And, and they just don't use them that way. And, you know, I think they got a lot coming back. And it still was a very good season. But when you move forward in this thing, you got to realize we might have to play it a little different. We might need to be a more of a spread attack on offense. We could still be physical on defense. We could still run the darn ball. But we're going to have to find a way to get guys in space and we're going to have to do it throughout the course of a season. I would be perfectly content if Michigan ran that type of offense halfway through the season, and they might have even slipped up a game or two. Just so you can get to that last game and be able to compete against Ohio State, because you're now you're covering that every day in practice. I've been saying this for so long in sports. It's really hard to stop certain teams if you play like them, where... 
if Michigan's going to play against a physical brand of football all the time and practice, they're, they're probably going to do pretty good stopping, right? I mean, you're not going to just gash them up the middle and push them around. But if you're not giving them looks on a daily basis because of what your offense does of spreading it out and really getting the ball out of his hands quick, in space, and, and, and making big-time deep throws, if you're not doing that, on a consistent basis in practice, your defense ain't ready for that. It ain't ready for it. And I just don't think Michigan was not ready for what Ohio State had. You know, the the, the scheme was wrong. The press coverage, Ohio State was licking their chops. Uh, you know, Don Brown stuck to his guns. God bless him. I, I thought it was, um, it was suicide. You know, it, it was coaching suicide to put your corners on an island with by far the best receiving court in the Big Ten, uh, and nobody was talking about it, but it, it was by far. You know, I mean, does, does anyone watch any of the games and read the stats? Dwayne Haskins just broke a Big Ten record for uh, touchdown passes. The receivers are outstanding, though. That's part of the, the process. It isn't just a guy throwing to himself. They had great receivers, and I just think Michigan totally disrespected Ohio State playing press coverage the whole time um and and that first half was just uh just exposed they exposed Michigan and and then what happens is you haven't done much different than that all year and it might get worse because now you're going to a more of a zone defense that you're not accustomed to playing to and and Ohio State just gashed them on the run then And, and then they hit them again with the pass and and then you get a blocked punt. I mean, it was it was nonstop for Michigan. They were uh, they were baffled. They didn't know what to do with Ohio State today. Um, and uh, the scary part about all that is Ohio State. If they played Bama, uh, it could have been the other way around. Uh, you know, Bama could maybe do that to Ohio State. That's the scary part in all of this. So I'm going to end with this with Michigan. You're having good seasons. There, there's nothing to say. Uh, you know, you can get upset and be in, uh, on an emotional ride and and say certain things about coaches and players, and, and that's not what we're going to do here. We're going we're gonna to figure this thing out. Michigan has to get better still. Uh, they got to find a way to put their skilled guys in better positions. They've got to get a little faster. they got to get a little stronger. And uh, Ohio State's still, uh, they're still the standard. They're just plain and simple the standard. Uh, they got to recruit harder. They're, they're doing a great job recruiting right now. You got to get faster kids, more athletic kids. You got to just continue to get better because Ohio State's going to as well. That train's not going to stop. So, uh, hey, <laughs> you wait till next year. It's been brutal, but there ain't nothing you can do about it now. Um, on Michigan State's end, uh, you know, look. I don't have a whole lot of positive to say about Michigan State ever. And at this point, why would I? I, I just um, I think that the uh, culture is is just horrific. I think it's a bad culture. I think it's, uh, you know, I, I think that there's nothing going positively with that football program at this point. I mean, you know, the injuries didn't help. I, I will say that's the one thing where it's not an excuse, it's reality. They got banged up this year. But, but why are they getting so banged up? I mean, I think after a while you start questioning everything, the whole program. Why is this happening at an alarming rate? Um, 
you know, guys got to protect themselves a little bit. You know, the, the Felton Davis injury, that, that's an injury that, that, that happens to guys. That was a fluke, no, no contact there. But uh, the, some of the other injuries are just really sh- shocking. It's been so many of them. You kind of question, how is this uh, taking place? Um, and, and I don't want to say it's strictly strength coach. You know, I mentioned this to Tyler on our show, strength coach. You know, I'm confused why so many injuries have happened. I've never seen a team get bashed with uh, injuries. I mean, they're just so banged up. I've never seen a team this banged up before. Um, and, it, and it's it's appalling. I don't get it. I, I'm trying to find the answers. Is it just uh, one of those freak seasons, or is it just some structural issues in that program? I, I question it all. Um, other than that, this is a bad football program. And, and, you know, you can, fans can say whatever they want. These, these people don't know. They don't know what's going on. They're not there on a daily basis. Um, but, I, but I can tell you, guys like me who did play a little bit of uh, collegiate and professional sports, you, you, you can see how things are going, and you say, okay, I kind of see where this culture is going. Um, the fans aren't even showing up at this point. That says a lot about your program. Um, they were more interested in their rival game than they were showing up to their own. Which, uh, look, I've been there for the Rich Rod era, and I'll tell you what, there's a lot of people that shouldn't have showed up. It was bad, bad football, a bad product, and the, and the ticket prices did not deserve to be what they were. But when you are selling tickets for three, four bucks a pop, and they're really good seats, and people still are barely showing up, that's a culture problem. That's a problem. I don't care what people say. You can say, well, you know, the weather. Look, seen it all, man. I've been there. I've played for good teams. I've played for bad teams. You know, when, when we've lost, people didn't show up. Bad culture still. Bad culture. No one's showing up. No support. Team's not winning. Bad culture. Uh, Michigan has been bad, but they've never had bad culture. You know, the, the people show up, people support that program, people say a lot of things that I don't agree with, but they show up. They show up, they pay their money, they support the program, and uh, Michigan State's got all sorts of issues, man. All sorts of issues. I don't care what anyone says. You know, and and you could say all you want, well, we got all these guys returning. Well, you had everybody returning this year, too. And yeah, you had injuries, but you know, you're 7-5, and five, and then and in your last win, you're, you're battling a team that hasn't won a Big Ten game, 14-10. Um, you know, that's just facts. So uh, I'm going to end on this real quick with State because I really don't care. I, th- I think the culture's so bad. I think it's basketball season time. They're not worth talking about because their fans don't even care about them. Um, if you're a true Spartan fan, you know, like Tyler, true Spartan fan, show up to the damn game. Go to the game. You know, if you want to talk bad about other people and, and put put that out there and, and care more about everybody else's games and watch them, you're not a Michigan State fan, period. You're just not. All you care about is is uh, what everybody else, Michigan's doing, Ohio State's doing, Alabama. You know, if you're not showing up to the games and you got a lot to say about the program, just don't say nothing. You're not a fan no more. Move on. You ain't a fan. Get over it. And uh, there's a lot of people out there that aren't showing up, and they're just not fans. 
and that's a culture problem. And, and I hope it changes. I hope the true Spartans continue to stand up, and I hope new Spartans come around. But right now, you don't got a whole lot of Spartans right now. You just don't. And uh, a lot of fair weatherness and a bad culture. And I call it how I see it. Hey, when that many people don't show up to a game to support the seniors that have fought that long, hey, I'm going to say it. That, that's complete Bush League. I'm going to go Jim Harbaugh on you. That, that's the real Bush League. Complete Bush League. And uh, certainly hope that changes in Michigan State. Welcome to Rivalry Radio on this Sunday in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Clearly not the happiest city in America today after the throttling that Ohio State put on the Wolverines yesterday. 62-39 victory for the Buckeyes. Uh, They looked outstanding. I'm not going to even sit here and talk poorly about Ohio State. They were magnificent. They were well-prepared. And they completely dominated Michigan uh, in all aspects. Uh, there was moments where obviously Michigan had some success, but really uh, it was complete domination by the Buckeyes on all three uh, aspects of the game. Special teams with the block punt touchdown. Uh, offensively, they they dominated Michigan's uh, uh, quote-unquote number one defense. And their defense during certain times really uh, dominated the line of scrimmage um, throughout the game. And Michigan did score, but some of them were late scores. And honestly, everybody scored on Ohio State. So I'm not going to see her and get excited about 39 points. Maryland just put up 50 on them last week. So let's not forget that. Um, I'm going to go into a couple things real quick. And I hope this picture is painted real, real clear for Michigan fans. Michigan fans, people involved with Michigan football, not basketball. Just Michigan football. I wanted to make this very clear for all of you. You have not won anything in a long time. And for the players that used to play and won, they have that. But as far as the program in the 2000s, I'm saying now in the 2000s, three wins against Ohio State since 2000. Last road win for Michigan, 2000. I was a sophomore, freshman or sophomore in high school. Can't even remember so long ago. Um, Drew Henson was the quarterback. The outstanding athlete from Brighton, Michigan. Uh, People don't even know who Drew Henson is anymore. (laughs) People have, have forgotten. That's how long ago it was. But that's the last road win that Michigan had against Ohio State. You can say anything you want. You have that freedom. You have that right. You can believe anything you want to believe. But the facts are there. Ohio State has only lost three times to your program since 2000. That is maybe the most dominating stat of any rivalry in all of sports. At this point, it shouldn't be called the game anymore. It should be called the lame. It is lame. It is not what it used to be. We need to move on from it. 
I know ratings are great on the television. Guess what? I ain't buying it. Michigan fans who bought a ticket, froze your butt off, went to Columbus, you were robbed. You were straight robbed. You were fooled. You fell for the Kool-Aid. It smelled good. You drank it all in. And now you're sick to your stomach. Too much sugar. Too much hype. This is what happens. I will admit, I fell for it too. I've fallen for it before. Today, I will never fall for it again. And here's why. Being a former athlete, I can tell you this. You don't need to say anything. You have to just win. You play the game to win. You don't have to come up with slogans to motivate your team. It's very simple. You have a game to win. You want to win championships. You don't have to talk about it. That's the common goal of every team in the country. You're supposed to fight to win a championship. You don't need to be motivated from the year before. You got everything in front of you to win now. That's your motivation. You don't need it anymore. Period. You can say bulletin board material. You can say, oh, they're saying this about a program. It don't matter. All that matters is that you win. Or that you compete to win. You don't have to even get yourself fired up for the game. If you have to get yourself fired up and you have to come up with a revenge tour to make you feel better that, hey, we're coming after them because they didn't embarrass us last year, look... You're going down a slippery path, people. People who bought those shirts, you deserve a refund. It's like going to a concert. There's a big tour, and they played in your city, and they stunk in your city. You ain't getting a refund, but you certainly deserve one. That's what is going on in Michigan football. Now, on the positive... They're 10 and 2. They didn't have a bad season. That's not what I'm saying here. Does Jim Hard- Harbaugh deserve to be fired because he loses to Ohio State? I don't know. This, it's Michigan. They want to beat Ohio State more than anything else. So, yeah, we can say things after a 10 and 2 season that Harbaugh's on the hot seat. Pretty crazy, but that's the world you live in if you're a Michigan fan, if you're a part of that program. You signed up for it. No crying now. This is what you signed up for. You play for Michigan, or you're a fan of Michigan, or you're involved with Michigan. That's the most important thing. Beat Ohio State. Win the Big Ten. You're not doing it. That's the life you live in. Jim Harbaugh, you're not doing it. So guess what? People get to say this. It'd be one thing if everyone said, you know, Michigan football's doing pretty good. They haven't won anything, but it's okay. They're doing better. If that was the narrative around that university when it comes to football, we wouldn't have this conversation. But when you take trips across the country and you're always in the news and everybody's talking about you and then your players start getting that way and they start pumping their chests out and they start getting a little arrogant, something that a lot of people call Michigan. This is what's going to happen if you don't win. So, hey, put your big boy pants on. You play for Michigan. 
And this is what you're going to get if you don't win the big ones. Jim Harbaugh has not won the big one. Not yet at Michigan. And I wonder if he ever will. Someone said he's the John Cooper of Michigan. He is. You're absolutely right. There's no difference. John Cooper won a ton of football games. He always seemed to lose to Michigan. He's out of a job. He was out of a job. He got fired. Look at your rival. That's what they do when you don't when they don't beat you. What are you going to do if you don't beat them? This is a big deal for Michigan football. Look, Michigan basketball is the main sport in Michigan. I don't care what anyone says. The proof is there. They've won back-to-back Big Ten titles. Big Ten titles, Michigan football fans. When's the last time you did that? A long time ago. 14 years ago, to be exact. So don't sit here and make excuses. Your team, your program is where it is. 10-2 is not bad. I'm not going to sit here and even say I would fire Jim Harbaugh if I was in that position. I wouldn't. I would change the narrative, though. I would change the attitude around the program. We've won nothing. We don't say nothing. That's what you need to do as a program. It's very simple. I can reel off stats till I'm blue in the face. Stats don't matter. Winning championships do. Number one defense, not yesterday. Not in the big one. 62 points. That's a lot of points. Where was the plan? Non-existent. If that's the plan to beat Ohio State, boy, we're in big trouble for a long time. You don't play press man coverage against Ohio State. They're different. Let me give you a little history lesson. Jim Tressel, they were about to play Michigan's vaunted defense. What did they do? Same thing Meyer did. You want to play man-to-man? You want to play that defense? We're going to spread you out, and we're going to thrash you. We're going to hit you with crossing routes. We're going to do every single thing that every team you played was successful at. Ohio State did that. Deep ball, didn't do well against Notre Dame. Buckeyes knew it. Crossing routes, short slants, didn't do well against Northwestern Indiana. Ohio State did that. Ohio State on defense totally knew what they could do to Michigan's offense. Totally. They found spots. They had their linebackers free. The announcer said it the whole game. The linebacker is just flying up the middle, flying in the gap. No adjustments were made in the running game. Maryland, I repeat, Maryland thrashed Ohio State's defense on the ground and through the air. Just let that sink in, Michigan people. Maryland did better against that Ohio State defense than you did. That ain't going to work. And you know what? Michigan had a great season. They were really good. 
they had great moments. But we should have seen this coming. Why? Why were we fooled? They never beat Ohio State. Why were we fooled? Why didn't we see it coming? I'll tell you why. Because they were so successful this year. It's hard to not think Michigan was going to play a really good game because they played so well all year. Have they had bad moments where they got beat in certain situations? Of course. But what team hasn't? Ohio State's been beaten all year in a lot of spots. Their defense is not good. It ain't good. And if they somehow slide into the college football playoff, oh boy, you're going to find out how bad that defense is. Imagine them against Bama. It's going to be ugly. I guarantee you Alabama will not cover Ohio State the way Michigan did. If Ohio State is fortunate, which I hope they are, because I do not like the Buckeyes, nothing more I would like to see another dominating performance by the opposite team against them in the college football playoff. I'd love it. But guess what? At least they're getting there. Michigan State, three, four years ago, they got there. At least they're getting there. Michigan is not. They are not getting there. So... It's time to wake up. It's time to change the narrative. If you're Michigan football, the program must change. I don't care about trips, and I also don't care about hype. You got to win the big one. You have to. And until then, shh, zip it up. Ain't nothing to talk about. Ten win seasons, good job. Congratulations. They're great. Hey, it's still worth something, and they're going to go to a good bowl game. Not knocking that. But if you continue to talk about your program a certain way, if that, hey, if your standard is, hey, we're hyping it up, we're the real deal, and you lose, it's time to move on then. You better find someone that can fully get it done then. You better find somebody. And I, and I would argue that if you, if you go that route, good luck. Because look what happened when Lloyd Carr left. The wheels fell off for a long time. So you got a choice to make. I say you got everything you need, but you better change the attitude. And that's easily fixable. Change the attitude. Change the narrative. Change the mindset of the program. That's easily fixable. You completely get rid of coaches, you're starting over again. So we'll see what happens, but I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of things that need to change in Michigan football. Lots of them. Welcome to the Life in Basketball podcast. I'm your host, Jay File. Uh, going to do things a little differently today on the show. I'm going to talk about um, a few of my players that I've had in the past. Uh, obviously, it, it's it's kind of a a touchy subject to talk about because you know I've had so many great players I've worked with over uh, the last seven years when I first started training it was 2011 as far as a business so I've been doing this uh, for seven years now 2011 I re- retired as a professional basketball player and then got into training athletes and and worked for uh, a company called I'm Possible Training I was their second trainer they hired and and Never knew that this would turn into something that I would do for a long period of time. And what happened was once I branched off and went uh, independent and, and did my own thing and, and, and tried to come up with a name, uh, 
the lab was always brought up. I know that a lot of people say it in the lab, get in the lab. Uh, it's, it's more of an acronym for us. It's uh, the life and basketball. Uh, so for me, it's, it's talking about some life stuff and we're going to do a little bit more of that on this podcast. So, uh, it'd be a lot of fun. It'd be a lot of fun to, to tell good stories. I hope that we can get more people on the show and then we also can really, uh, dissect what's important, uh, first and that's life, then basketball. Um, player I want to talk about today, uh, is a young man named Ian Weller. Ian had started with me in 2016. I was coaching varsity basketball at the time. Uh, I had a gym where I was training out of and, uh, Ian had just started playing basketball pretty much, you know, sixth grade. A lot of my kids that are at that age have already played for four or five years. Um, Most of the kids start young now, you know, seven, eight years old, even, you know, lower than that. And Ian was not like that. Ian was different. Ian was a hockey player. And Ian came into uh, the lab and, you know, was very raw at first. You know, there was a lot of things that he couldn't do that were standard moves uh finishing a right hand layup off the off his left foot you know simple old fundamentals that he maybe needed to learn before he could do some of the bigger things fast forward to now he's a freshman and he made the varsity team at a school and it's just incredible what you can see in a young man when he puts the time in when he focuses on the lesson when he focuses when he leaves when he stays positive and when he listens to coaching and and when he has a new passion for the game and I think that's the big thing that I've learned working with him is there's a deep passion for basketball and sometimes we get so caught up in our in our kids being so good at a young age and, and we're, we're worried that, you know, our kid in fifth, sixth grade is not making shots and that they're not doing um, enough to, to please us as parents, I guess, or, or coaches. And here's a young man that, that just started and he's exactly where you want to be in high school as a varsity basketball player. And I think that's incredible. And I think there's a lesson behind this that it's okay if you're not great at first. It's okay if you struggle in your early years. It's okay that you're learning things that other kids have already learned before you. And then when you get to the the bigger times, which is high school basketball, you're ready. You you've you focused in a couple years of training, you've you've gotten better, you've developed a passion for something, and a few years is all you need. That that's proof right there. This is a kid that just started playing basketball. I mean, I would say organized maybe 7th grade. I'm sure his parents could could update me a little more on that, but he He's someone that really started later than other kids, and now he's further ahead, and, and it's and it's fun to see. And, and I'm proud of not only him but his family because um, they put the trust in me as a coach, and that's hard to do. It's hard to, to trust another person to work with your kids. And I've had uh, thousands of players I worked with over the years and I've had thousands of parents that have trusted me with their kids I've had a few that have not and rightfully so rightfully so for me to have parents that would not uh, trust me to help their kids um, gain their skills and also trust me as far as business wise and you know I'll, I'll touch more on that at the end of this podcast because I think it's important to always be upfront to be honest and 
Um, there's a lot that I've went through as a basketball skills coach, and and I have no problem talking about those things on our podcast. Uh, but but just very proud of Ian, uh, another player that I've worked with that's done a great job, and uh, couldn't be happier for him and his family as as he makes the varsity basketball team at his at his school. So, uh, congrats, Ian, on that. Uh, I think the point of that is, you know, I my players are more important than me, and and I say that with. Uh, a pure heart because I believe it. I believe it. I, I'm, I'm not just saying it. I, I really feel that way. I feel happier uh, for my players as a coach, as a trainer, because I had my time. I had my time as a player. I, um, I've got all my memories. I have, you know, stacks of things that I probably didn't need my parents to save for me. I'm, I'm so thankful that they did, because I can look at them and possibly share it to my son one day. But I had those times. I had my time as a very good player. Uh, I had my moments where I played in front of thousands of fans. I had my articles about me that were really positive. And um, now as I get into my adult years, I've had some bad things said about me. And and uh, I, I can tell you that what I've learned through that is uh, you learn who your true friends are, number one. And you learn who really has your back. You you learn that in your adult years, when when times are at, at its toughest. Right now, for me, uh, being 34, trying to figure out how to run a business, trying to figure out how to support my family, trying to figure this whole thing out of how I can stay involved with the game of basketball. It's real simple for me. My players have to be number one, and, and I have to be number two, and, and maybe sometimes number three, number four, number five, because. You're, their families are involved now and, and when parents are involved and you know players are involved you're you're not the most important thing anymore as a player you are your team is and those things change now those things change now as you move forward and and I'm excited about that 100% change because there's been times when I've known that's how I wanted to run my business I know I've wanted to make it more about the players than what I do but you still have your own ego. You still have your own way of doing things. You want to prove that you're really good at what you do. Um, that doesn't matter to me anymore. I really don't care uh, if people think that uh, I'm a good player or if I'm a good trainer even. I, I think I care more about my players getting what they want. And I had that when I coached as well. You know, I really cared about, you know, my one season of coaching varsity basketball those kids know that seeing me every day that I cared about them finishing their senior seasons off correctly uh, they had a, a rough time as a program and they um, they wanted to win and and those seniors on the team I coached uh, they all can say that 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 coach file wanted us to win for us not for him and um, and if that isn't the thought I, I hope this can help them realize why I did what I did and why I coached and why I made the decisions that I made that uh, did affect them afterwards. And uh, I'll get more into that uh, through this podcast. And I think it's an exciting time for me because I get to finally speak out and actually say the things that I'd like to say and, and, and move forward and, and really give everybody a clear understanding of 
uh, why this thing went the way it did. But uh, but today's a new day. Today's a new day. I'm excited about that day. I've got uh, players and parents that have uh, still contacted me and, and want uh, good training and want to, their kids to get better. They want their kids to be successful. They, they want their kids to reach goals, so, sort of like an Ian Weller, a kid that uh, nobody would have probably expected this kid to make varsity. And now the next thing is, is he's in a situation where he could probably get a lot of playing time as a freshman. And this is a kid that just started playing basketball technically. So I'm excited. I, I'm extremely excited for him. I'm excited for many players like him that have been successful. Um, I've had players make varsity team, you know, as freshmen, uh, quite a few of them actually over the years from, from here, from different states. I've worked with players that have been all state. I've worked with players that didn't make their team the year before and they they made their team the next year. Uh, I've had players who went on to play professional basketball and are still playing that I've worked with. Um, and it's just been quite a wild ride for me and I'm excited to see what happens next. So uh, we'll talk more about this. We'll, we'll continue to have a great conversation on the life in basketball uh, and uh, cannot wait to continue this.